Well, in June of 2007, on one early Sunday morning, I heard the gospel and believed uh, upon Christ for the first time and was changed. Uh, as some of you guys know my story, uh, you know that before Christ. Uh, so my mom passed when I was 13. I grew up in the church. Uh, and when my mom passed from 13 to 19, I started wilding out. And so I was in the streets heavy. Uh, trying to live this hood lifestyle. Uh, but the good news of Jesus that Sunday morning caused me to do a complete 180. Changed by God's grace, turned away from my sin, and turned to Christ and have not looked back. God made me alive that Sunday morning. God has made the saints here alive. On whatever day and time that was for you, God has made us alive. But what I want to talk about, sadly, the friend who shared the gospel with me, that Sunday morning, he turned away. He turned away later on, a few years or so after he had shared the gospel with me, after being exposed to a cult. So maybe this is your story. Maybe you have experienced something similar. Uh, maybe there were folks who were close to you who at one time was walking with Jesus, who may be a part of the reason you're even following Jesus to this day, who have turned away from the faith, have turned away from the very faith that they presented to you, and you received, and you were born again, but they have since turned away, which means, sadly, they were never walking with Jesus from the start. We have a false convert dilemma in the church. And if the statistics are correct, if the statistics are right, it says that the vast majority of U.S. adults, about 85.6%, say they were raised as Christians, but more than a fifth of them, so about 19.2% of adults, no longer identify with Christianity as a whole. This was from 2015, so I imagine those numbers has raised, has gone up since then. So in our passage today, what I want to talk about, what I want to show us from God's word today is, I believe, the antidote to that problem. The antidote to this problem. And so turn with me to John chapter 3 in your Bibles. Turn with me to John chapter 3. And that's where we're going to be this afternoon. And as you turn there, let me ask God for his help again. God, thank you for this afternoon once again. Thank you for this time now to, uh, yeah, proclaim your word. And I pray that all of us, Lord, who are, yeah, listening and hearing uh, your word, uh, Lord, that you would speak to us and help us to glean from it, uh, to, to glean understanding, to glean wisdom, to glean insight, to glean truth. Uh, and may this truth, um, yeah, Lord, impact us. Lord, may your word do the work in all of our hearts in every way that you see fit this afternoon. And God, I pray that you would increase and that I would decrease and that you'll be magnified through this time. Jesus, be glorified through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So John chapter 3, starting at verse 1, says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is God's word. Amen. 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 So if I had to summarize this passage, it may go something like this if you're taking notes. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. It's essentially what is being said here. This is essentially what we're going to be thinking about. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. So I have two questions that will serve as our two points this afternoon. Here they are. What does it mean to be born again? That's point one. What does it mean to be born again? We'll see that in verses one through eight. Number two, how can one become born again? We'll see that in verses 9 through 15. Let's look at the first one together. Point one, what does it mean to be born again? Look back with me starting at verse one. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So this man, Nicodemus, was a Pharisee uh, and a ruler of the Jews, as the text tells us, which means he was a part of a religious group in Jesus' time. Uh, that was considered to be the spiritual elite. They were the spiritual elite of the day. Uh, so what this means is that Nicodemus was well-versed in the Old Testament law. Uh, he was, he was a, a beast with the Old Testament, uh, a phenomenal teacher of the Old Testament, of the law. So he comes to Jesus in verse 2. It says that this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So scholars debate on the significance of Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night. Some say it was because religious leaders during that time uh, were known for studying and chopping it up in uh, the scriptures or the law uh, into the late hours of the night. And so he came to Jesus by night because he was, this was a custom of what he did already, right? Uh, they would study and, and, and talk about the law. Others say he came to Jesus by night because there was a part of him who may have been interested, who may have, who, who may have believed, right? Prior to this, the scene, we'll, we'll see this in just a moment, the scene before this is that Jesus had uh, just, yeah, did the, the, a miracle. He had just turned the water into wine at the wedding of Cana, right? And so 
So he was probably around and saw that or either heard about that. He heard the hype. And so others say, again, that a part of him may have believed that Jesus was who he said he was. And he didn't want to be seen by others, though. He didn't want to be seen by others talking to this Jesus uh, to avoid shame and embarrassment. Either way, we are told, we don't know, either way, we are told he comes to Jesus by night. And when he comes to him, he acknowledges Jesus as rabbi, which means teacher. So he says, teacher, we know you come from God because no one can do these signs unless God is with him. So again, as I just mentioned, Jesus, before this interaction with Nicodemus, had been performing miracles. So turning the water into wine at the wedding of Cana or cleansing the temple from those using it like it was a flea market or a dope house or something like this. is He comes in and he's he's. Throwing the tables over, he's, he's cleansing God's house from the use that these brothers and them were using it for, for immoral use. God dishonoring use. So Nicodemus had to have been around or, again, heard the hype like those mentioned in chapter 2, verse 23. Here's what it says. If you just look up uh, to chapter 2, verse 23 in your Bibles, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem... At the Passover feast, so Jesus, when he was at Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. So you see that, that, that many believed in Christ on the basis of the signs that they saw he was doing. So one thing to encourage us is be careful that we don't come to Jesus because of his signs or the stuff that he can provide us. Be careful that we don't come to him or keep coming to him because we're thinking or we're looking for, for something that he can give us and not himself. We want to come to Jesus for who he is, for him being God and for him being the precious son and savior that he is. So we want to come to him for him. So for any of us, if we, yeah, if, if you don't know the Lord or, or you are walking with the Lord and, and you're, 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 you're expecting things from God and not expecting him, I want to encourage you to change your focus, to change your desire. You want Jesus because of who he is, not what you think you can get from him. Amen? Amen. So Jesus responds to Nicodemus in verse 3. He says, Here truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I don't know about you, but when I read this, every time I read this, I'm like, man, this is an interesting response from Jesus. I mean, Nicodemus hadn't even asked a question yet. He didn't even ask anything. He just came, I mean, he acknowledged him as, you know, rabbi, and, you know, you've done these different signs, different things along those lines, like God has to be with you. He hadn't even asked a question, let alone a question about entering into the kingdom of God. All right? But Jesus knew what he was doing as he did all throughout his ministry. Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. He's getting to the heart of the matter. Jesus knew that Nicodemus was very knowledgeable and a beast with the law. He, he knew that this brother was knowledgeable. What does he say in chapter 3, this chapter where in verse 10, he says, Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? So there was, a, there was an expectation there that he was to, to know these things. 
And he also knew that Nicodemus thought his knowledge of or his keeping of the law would be his entrance ticket into heaven. Again, so the Pharisees were legalists, right? So they, they believe what they do for God would get them to God. And Jesus right now is, is yeah, he's, he's coming in and he's breaking through all of that false teaching right now. He said, no, no, no. Like, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So Jesus tells him, yeah, that your keeping of the law would not get you into heaven. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, which can be rendered, I tell you the truth. He says, I tell you the truth that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The words to be born here have the same idea as to father or mother or child. But Jesus says again, that word again, which couldn't mean the same thing as parenting a child, right? It, could, it couldn't mean the same thing uh, as, as having a newborn, as we'll see in just the next few verses. The kingdom of God, as D.A. Carson, a New Testament scholar says, he says, the kingdom of God is God's saving and transforming reign. Then he says that, that the kingdom of God has, in certain respects, already been inaugurated. That it's already come in the person, the works, and the message of Jesus. So essentially, the kingdom of God is, is, is God's kingdom of his rule and his reign here on earth. Okay? That, that he rules and reigns over everything. The entire universe, the entire world. And that kingdom has come in the person of Christ. When Christ came... He inaugurated the kingdom coming from heaven, and it has touched down. So this is what D.A. Carson is saying. And Nicodemus responds like any of us would have responded. I mean, we all of us, I believe, would have responded. I surely would have responded in the same way Nicodemus did. What does Nicodemus say? He says, how can a man be born when he is old? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about, Jesus? Yeah, what are you talking about, Jesus? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus, in verses 5 through 8, gives an explanation of what he means here. What does he say? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So in verse 5, Jesus is basically saying, yeah, one must be born of water and the Spirit. Some have misinterpreted this to mean two births, uh, but Jesus is only referring to one birth here. Uh, one scholar puts it this way, he says, water and Spirit often refer symbolically in the Old Testament to spiritual renewal and cleansing. So what Jesus is talking about being cleansed here or being born of the water and spirit points back to the Old Testament where that was symbolic to a spiritual renewal and cleansing. So Jesus here has in mind this uh, Old Testament truth in Ezekiel that my brother read before uh, the sermon so Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27 says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols I will cleanse you. 
I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Jesus says to Nicodemus and all of us here this afternoon, we cannot enter. Notice verse 3, it says, see, that you will not be able to see. Now in verse 5, it says, enter. And I think that, that word enter kind of even gives more weight to that. That, okay, yeah, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. But unless you are born again, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. So even more weight there that you won't see or even enter into the kingdom of God unless you are born again. So he says that, yeah, you, you won't be able to enter the kingdom of God unless a washing of the soul and a cleansing that the Holy Spirit can only provide takes place. That's the only way that you and I will be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Unless the Holy Spirit cleanses you. Unless he cleanses your soul. Unless he cleanses you and provides the way for you. Titus here says the same thing. Paul in the book of Titus chapter 3 verses 4 through 5. He says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. This is what God, the Holy Spirit, wants to do to us and has already done to some of us by God's grace. He has cleansed our souls. He has washed us clean by, yeah, by his spirit, through the precious blood of the Lamb. What a wondrous truth to just reflect on. That at one point, saints, we were dirty, sinful, but Jesus has cleansed us. By the Spirit, he has cleansed us. Amen. Amen, son. He has cleansed us. Washed us clean. Yeah, we still struggle with sin. But we are not slaves to sin anymore. What a beautiful truth. Jesus, in verse 6, basically says, Human beings reproduce human beings, but the Spirit produces a new humanity. Spiritual beings. Look at verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is what, yeah, Jesus is saying here that, yeah, the, the spirit can only, he alone can produce spiritual things. In verse 7, Jesus says, don't marvel, or in other words, don't be amazed that I have said you must be born again. Scholars believe here that Nicodemus was, was jaw-dropped. That he was, he was blown away. That he was amazed by the fact that Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, again, remember who he's talking to. He's talking to a religious elite. He's a, he's, he's a beast with the scriptures. He, he, he knows the Old Testament law. He's adhering to the Old Testament law. He, he, he's, he's seeking to, to live out the law. But you know, as they did, uh, as legalists, legalists uh, they put a fence around that law. They put another barrier around that law to keep that law. Right? So he's, he's trying to, yeah, yeah, make sure that his life is in check and in tune with God. But at the same time, he's dumbfounded that, that there's something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
something, something that he can't produce, that he can't do, that's going to get him into heaven. And this is what's happening here. So he's, he, he's jaw dropped by being basically so wrong, by being wrong on how to enter the kingdom and that he would then try to make himself born again by his own works, which he couldn't do. And the reality of it is, none of us can do it. None of us. So for us Christians here, you didn't save yourself. I didn't save myself. It took an outside person, Jesus himself, to save us. None of us didn't even, like, we didn't even want to come to God. Ephesians 2 makes it clear that we were dead. We were spiritually dead, dead in our sins, in our trespasses and sins, not alive to God. We didn't have a heartbeat for God until God gave us that heartbeat for him. So this is what, yeah, God is saying through his word now in that, Nicodemus, you must be made alive, that your works are not going to get you into the kingdom, but only the works of the Son by the Spirit through the proclamation of the gospel can one be made alive? So he says in verse 7, he says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Hence, Jesus' next explanation in verse 8, in thinking about and talking about this work of the Holy Spirit, he says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind here is the same idea of when the Lord God uh, was walking to Adam and Eve in the garden after they had sinned in Genesis 3, verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So you see that it says, so, so, so they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. But more poignantly, Jesus had Ecclesiastes 11.5 on mind here. Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes 11.5. It says, as you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. As a young kid, a really young kid, I used to love seeing uh, the leaves, like during the fall time, uh, get caught up in the wind and start to move, right? You see just this beautiful array of different colors, leaves just, just being caught up in the wind. Maybe some of you guys uh, did the same thing, but I would try to follow that one leaf. I, I put my eye on that one leaf. I'm like, this is the leaf that I'm going to follow and see where it goes with the wind, only to be disappointed that one, they all look the same. <laughs> they all looked exactly alike, and so I would lose it, but then I, I wouldn't be able to follow it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where that leaf ended up. Needless to say, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't see it. I couldn't see where it went. And it's the same with who is born of the Spirit. This is what Jesus is saying. The gospel message goes out. It's proclaimed. It's heralded. It's taught. And people believe. But we don't know exactly who all will believe. But the beauty and the, the, the drive or the, yeah, the, the, the weight of the Great Commission is that we are still called to go. 
We're still called to go and share this beautiful message to all. And it may be that somebody believes right on the spot. It may be that somebody believes in five, ten years from now. We don't know. But we are still called to be faithfully sharing this good news so that, one, the gospel can be proclaimed. But, two, that we allow Jesus and his spirit to do the work in the hearts of many who we have proclaimed it to. So I think my encouragement for us this afternoon would be maybe there are some people that you've shared the gospel with uh, over time. There's been times you've shared the gospel with over a thousand times. Keep sharing it. Keep sharing it with this individual. Keep sharing it with this coworker who seems to have a hard heart. Keep sharing it with this family member who you're like, man, this seems like they are a lost cause. Keep sharing it with everybody and anyone that you can, trusting that, one, the weight doesn't fall on you, that you can't save the person, but you are just called to faithfully share the message that can. And trusting, just like how we don't know where that leaf goes, we don't know where the wind blows, but trusting that God is sovereign over salvation and that he'll save whom he chooses, whom he pleases, when he wills. Amen? Amen. So maybe we just continue to be faithful, church. Be faithful. So this week, I want to encourage you to pray that the Lord would open a door for you to proclaim the gospel. And when he does open that door, Pray that God would give you boldness to take it. That he would give you boldness to share. And then trust him with the results. Let's trust him with the results. So that's number one. What does it mean to be born again? It means to be made alive in God. It means to, yeah, by God's grace, believe upon the spirit. Believe upon Christ and the work of the spirit in you and through you. And here's number two. How can one become born again? How can one become born again? Look back with me at verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus implies in verse 10, as I've already mentioned, that Nicodemus should understand these things. Again, we have talked about this, but Nicodemus, again, was a prominent scholar of the Old Testament, yet he didn't understand the regeneration promised in the New Covenant. He essentially didn't believe. Essentially, it seems like that Nicodemus here is asking that question. Okay, Jesus, you're telling me about this this crazy, amazing, interesting thing of being born again. Well, how can someone be born again? How can these things be? Jesus said this in verse 10. Are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Verse 11, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, but you basically don't believe. Look at verse 11. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. So the we here uh, in this text, as you see the, the word we, the we here included the disciples that were with Jesus and then John the Baptist, who we learn about later in the message or in the text, which provides a contrast to the we from Nicodemus in verse 2. If you look back at verse 2, what does Nicodemus say there? He says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we, we know that you are a teacher come from God. And so the we that, that Jesus is referring to is in contrast to the we uh, that Nicodemus is referring to in verse 2. Verse 12 is, is, is piggybacking 
uh, piggybacking, excuse me, off of verse 11, in that Jesus is saying, your acknowledgement of me as teacher and one whose signs prove that God is with him is insufficient if you do not believe in the spiritual truths of regeneration that I have been sharing with you. He's basically saying that, yeah, you can, you can come to me based on the signs, but that's, insi- that, that, that's, that's insufficient. That's, 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 that's not going to cut it. That's not going to get you into heaven. Only saving faith in Christ alone will get you into heaven. Only being regenerated, renewed by the Spirit will get you into heaven. So the signs won't save you. Only the Son can. Verse 12, what does he say? It says, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So the signs, so he, he's showing signs of the earthly things or doing different things, but, but, but those things are insufficient. They, 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 they don't produce the saving faith. Again, the saving faith is only produced by one who trusts and believes upon Christ. Verses 13 to 15, we learn our answer to Nicodemus's question in verse 9, where he says, how can these things be, he asked. Well, here's, here's a more pointed answer from Jesus, starting at verse 13. It says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus basically says, simply put, that he is the Son of Man, who alone has access in and out of heaven. This is a fulfillment of Proverbs 30, verse 4, where it reads, it says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fish? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? What is his son's name? Surely you know. So Jesus is a fulfillment of this verse here in Proverbs. The son of man, as you may know, was a title that Jesus used to refer to him basically being God, to him being deity, right? Which is also a fulfillment of Daniel 7. So this, this, this promise of the son of man uh, from the ancient of days to come is a fulfillment here of Daniel 7. What does it say in Daniel 7 verse 13? It says, I saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days, the ancient of days being God, and was presented before him. And to him, to him who is to who is the to him? What well, is to the Son of Man? To him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. His kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. This is a fulfillment of the Son of Man here in Daniel 7, and Jesus is the son of man. He is the one who has been given all dominion, all glory. He is the one that all peoples, nations, tribes, tongues, and languages should serve. 
He is the one who has dominion, and it is an everlasting dominion, an unending dominion, and it will not pass away. His kingdom will last forever. Amen. This is who he is. Verses 14 to 15 of our passage, Jesus reminds Nicodemus of a story that he would have been very familiar with. So this story comes from Numbers 21, 5 through 9, and I'm going to read in just a moment, but but look back with me at verses 14 through 15 of our passage. It says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So Jesus, reflecting back on this story from Numbers, verses 5 through 9, he says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. Verse 9. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So children of Israel complaining in the wilderness as if God hadn't already been providing enough for them. They're complaining about the food or that there is no food or that there is no water. And the Lord judges them. He sends fiery serpents, snakes at them. And it bit some of them. They die. And then they fold. <laughs> and that's all of us. We, we, we complain and God, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you complain. We fold and then we pray. And we ask, we're like, Lord, please take this away from me. Like, I was complaining about it. I ain't going to complain no more. And this is essentially what happens here. And so the Lord, yeah, provides a, a way of escape, a way of salvation for anyone who were to look at this bronze serpent that's on a pole. They would look upon it and they would live. So, again, those children of Israel who were bitten by the snakes by looking at the snake Moses set up on the pole would be saved. And similarly, those who look upon the sun who was lifted up would be saved. This Jesus was lifted up like a poster. He was, he was posted up. He was set up. And everyone who were to look upon him would receive salvation. So this is the gospel call for, for all here this afternoon and all around the world to turn from their sin and turn to Christ, this son who was lifted up for our sins, for our justification to be declared right, to be made right with God. So the call this afternoon is if you are here, you don't know the Lord to to yeah, to agree with God. To agree with God and what the Bible says about us all in that we are created in God's image, but we are fallen and that we are sinners before God, separated from God because of our sin. And if he was to judge us in our sin, 
He would judge us rightly and swiftly. And this judgment would be correct yeah. and due to us sinners because we have sinned against a holy, righteous, good, loving, kind God. This judgment would be uh, eternal separation from him in hell. But the good news of Christ is that Jesus, the Son of God, who was lifted up, he came and lived a perfect sinless life in our place. He died a death that you and I deserved on the cross because it was, it was our sins that sent Jesus to the cross. He had no sins for which he had to die for. He's sinless. He's perfect. But he goes to the cross willingly and willfully, dies, and is buried in the grave. But on the third day, he is raised from the dead, offering salvation Amen. to all who would turn from their sin and turn to Christ by faith, by putting all of your trust in him. And the Bible says once you do that, you can be saved. You can be forgiven of all of your sin. You can be cleansed of all of your sin. So if you're here, you have never put your trust in Christ. We want to hold out him to you this afternoon. Believe upon him. Look upon the son and be saved this afternoon. May today be the day of salvation for you. Do not harden your heart. For those of us who have believed upon Christ and are saved, well, we keep looking upon Christ. We keep beholding this beautiful Savior, the Son of God who was lifted up. We never outgrow our need for this good news. So may we continue to relish in it and rest in it as our only hope. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this is how one is born again. Very simply put, by believing upon Jesus through the gospel, putting your faith in what Christ has done alone, and by the Holy Spirit, at that point of belief, the Holy Spirit regenerates the sinner. Saves the sinner. Makes the sinner alive with Christ. Makes him or her a new creation. So that we would all, yeah, that we would all live out this wondrous truth in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Has this happened? Is this true of you? Is this true of me? Praise God that it is. That there are many here, many who aren't here this afternoon, who have been made new. Who are new creations in Christ. So what I want to do in just the remaining time that we have is I, I, I want to, yeah, I want to look at this Ezekiel 36 passage again and just provide some reflection questions for us questions for us and then we'll we'll close out from here so listen in to this passage again as we've been thinking about being born again being made alive in Christ I want you to hear this afresh and let these words of God's scripture wash over you hear them again now Ezekiel 36 I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 
I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So just a couple of reflection, reflection questions and we'll wrap up from here. Have you experienced the cleansing of your soul? Have you experienced the cleansing of your soul? Number two, have you been cleansed from all of your idols? Have you been cleansed and are being clean, uh, cleansed from all of your idols? Do you have a new heart? Have you been granted a new heart? Jeremiah tells us that our heart is sick, that it's wicked, and that we need a new heart. This is the heart that God provides. Have you been given a new heart? Have you been given a new spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit residing in you right now? Are you walking in the ways of the Lord and obeying Him only? If you can answer yes to all of these questions, then by God's grace, you have been born again. Praise God. And it wasn't your doing. It was all His doing. But if you're here and you can't answer those questions with a yes or a, a complete yes, then sadly, you may not have been born again. But you can be. You can be born again. And that's the point this afternoon that I want to leave you with. That, that all of these truths, that one, as you notice, that, that God is is. Yeah, he is, is, this whole text is, well, the whole Bible is God-centered, but, but this passage in particular is God doing this, God doing this. You see over and over all the eyes. I will sprinkle clean water. I will do this. I will do that. And he can do that for you this afternoon. If you would turn from your sin and believe upon Jesus. May that, may these truths be your story this afternoon. And may for us who know the Lord, may we continue to be reminded and humbled by the reality that, that it was not us, but it was all him. And we praise God for the work that he's done in our lives and is continuing to do in many people's lives all across the world to save them and to make them his own. So in conclusion, as Brother Brian can come back up, in conclusion... Uh, we experience a new spiritual birth by believing upon Jesus and the Spirit providing the renewal, the, the reviving of the soul that we all desperately needed and need this day. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for this wondrous truth of being born again. That, yeah, that you provide a spiritual birth that none of us could provide ourselves. The, the healing and cleansing of the soul and making us alive. We thank you, Lord, that that is uh, a lot of our testimonies here this afternoon. God, again, I pray that, that, that for the believers here that we would, yeah, that we would have found encouragement in that truth and and uh, that we would rest and relish in that truth more and that we would then share that truth with, with others but for anyone who's here who doesn't know you, and I pray that, that, that they 
yet also heard that truth and, and, and that it captivated their hearts and that, that they would too, yeah, that, that this too would be their story. That they would be made alive, born again by receiving Jesus. Would you do that for them? Would you do that for, yeah, many, Lord, in our spheres of influence who don't know you? Make them alive. Would you use us to proclaim this good news to them, Lord? Thank you for how you've been working and moving through our time, Lord. Would you continue to work through this time as we, we come to a close? Be glorified in uh, the remaining time of our service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Would you stand?